Hey, Alex. What's going on, Brandon? How are you? <laughs> Not much. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> doing well. Doing well. Oh, uh, good. Got probably the best uh, suntan you'll ever see from the the event I was at on Wednesday. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can relate to that. I've had some pretty bad sun suntans. Is it a sunburn right now, or is it? Yes, yeah, a it's a sun, it's not a tan. It's a burn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily, I'm facing this way, and you can't see like the back of my neck. But uh, yeah, I was at the big EV event on Wednesday at the state house. There's a new, uh, bill that's being proposed right now. So we were just out there in support of it. Um, so took the day off work and kind of did a little ride and drive. Um, but it was supposed to be like overcast and possibly raining the whole day. So I wore a t-shirt and jeans and brought a rain jacket and it rained for about less than an hour and it wasn't even heavy rain. It just sprinkled. And then it was like bright sunlight and 80 degrees the rest of the day, which I mean was great, but I did not wear sunscreen or anything. Um, so I've got the typical farmer's hand going on. Um, but I was also wearing a lanyard. And um, you can see oh. a defined line on the back of my neck that's just like white skin <laughs> <laughs> where the lanyard was. That, that's hilarious. So <laughs> I've got, got a peak tan lines right now um, from the event. So. That's great. Yeah. Well, well. Before we talk more details about the event, I think talking about clothes is a great lead-in to yes. our our announcement. We uh, finally have Living Electric merchandise that is now officially live and available to purchase. We do, yeah. So if you you're watching this episode, you probably see the updated branding. We just we just kind of uh, finalized that and got that released. So we've got updated branding everywhere, a little bit more modern. Um, the original design was, uh, getting us through, but we wanted to update things a little bit. So (laughs) we've got the updated branding and then we've also got some, some merch out there finally for the living electric listeners. Um, most of the stuff just says like living electric on it, which we think is a a good mantra, right? So (laughs) exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And if you listen to the full episode at the end, we will provide a discount code, uh, for your first order. So yes. So make sure you listen all the way through. And uh, we'll give you all the details and it'll be linked down below as well for the uh, for the website and where you can pick some up. And all the proceeds from that help benefit the podcast. Like we're not trying to get rich off this. Like this is to support the like Zoom license we use to record and our, yep. our equipment to record to just make a higher quality podcast. So any support is appreciated. Definitely. Well, Alex, so let's go back to that event that you were <laughs> attending. What, that was Tuesday? Was that Wednesday or Tuesday? It was Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. So, okay, it was yesterday. So it was, yep. Yesterday. Okay. We're recording I'm, I'm on losing. a Thursday. This yeah. drops on Monday morning, so it doesn't matter. Yes. It was <laughs> yeah, keep, keep everybody organized with our with our schedule because I can't keep track of dates anymore. So <laughs> Yeah. So what exactly was the event? Yeah, so it was all it was run by Clean Fuels Ohio. Um, and they're they're essentially like more of a nonprofit and organization that helps support cleaner fuels in Ohio. It's a great name, obviously. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times they're they're helping lobby politicians or just working with local organizations to help electrify transportation is a big part of it. Obviously, EVs have gotten pretty big. They originally started off, I think, over 10 years ago doing, like, compressed natural gas and, like, a bunch of these other kind of alternative fuels, but m- it's majority electric now just because that's really the the route things are heading. Um, but there's this new bill being proposed in Ohio, and I don't know if you know about this or not. It's uh, Senate Bill 307, I believe. Um but it's sure. it's the accelerating Ohio's auto industry bill. 
I don't know if you, oh, you've yes. probably heard I, that. Yeah, yeah, that's I am like familiar the number. with that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. When it comes to like Bill's number, I feel like if if there was just like a straight title, like a thesis, yeah. I'd be like, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah. But like, yeah, when there's numbers involved, it's just right. it's a lot. <laughs> so I haven't read the whole bill, but it's got a lot of good stuff in there. And the main thing is just making electrification easier and helping us scale electrification as well. So. If you're an EV driver, you know very well that it is hard to find people to work on your cars. <laughs> and it's also um, hard to buy an EV because we don't have a lot of EVs available. And they're also expensive sometimes up front. So this bill addresses a lot of those things, um, provides better funding for educating people on how to repair EVs. So uh, funding for trade schools and stuff like that to actually train people on how to, how to work on EVs. Because I think you... You brought that up before. If something goes wrong with your car, it's like they got to bring somebody in out of state. They got to like mm-hmm. fly somebody in from somewhere to look at look at your car because that's the only expert on it. So just yeah. educating more people about how to work on the cars. Um, but then also funding for retooling um, factories so that we can build batteries and build cars in Ohio instead of outsourcing them overseas or to other states because Ohio's got a lot of... Uh, incredible workforce here that we that we really need to put to work so oh for sure um, we've got a huge opportunity with uh with electrifying everything so that's that's a kind of the main main things that bill is targeting so we were out there uh doing ride and drives with politicians with uh with their staff just with anybody walking by downtown um basically because i mean as we say all the time butts and seats is like the yep. the best way to educate people it's just getting people in an ev to actually experience it um just so they can write better laws and be better informed on the topic so yeah oh that's that's awesome do you feel yeah. like it was like um well received like from like some of the representatives i think so it was tough because it's a weekday it was a work day for them so I, they were in session most of the day so i don't think we got as as heavy traffic as as normal um, but I thought everybody we talked to was really receptive to the idea. Um, nobody was like an EV hater coming up. A lot of them were very just interested and wanted to learn. Um, and there was a Rivian there as well, which I think helped. Oh, so there was nice. many people there that were like, I want to take a ride in the Rivian. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to take a ride in a Rivian. <laughs> right. So yeah. that turned, that turned a lot of heads and attracted a lot of attention. And, um, I think anytime you can kind of just have a conversation with people it's it's super valuable so nice nice well did they give any words on like when that bill might like pass or like when they're going to vote on it so i believe it's being introduced in the senate right now so okay it's got to go through the senate it's got to be debated on then go to the house and then pass and i don't know it could it could go anywhere from here but (laughs) it's being (laughs) kind of being proposed right now and being being brought up for discussion so we just want to kind of yeah. show our voice and bring some cars out there and show that there's a lot of Ohioans in support of it. So, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, Ohio has like deep route, like roots in the automotive industry. Like, I mean, in Cleveland, uh, actually just like 15 minutes away, uh, the Broncos engine is manufactured here. Oh, in Cleveland. really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of the manufacturing plants are in this area in Columbus. I mean, obviously you have Honda down in like right. Marysville, yep. like, there's a lot of manufacturers here and there's mm-hmm. a lot of skilled people who could be, you know, getting jobs yeah. in this industry. Exactly. Like I, I, th- I think the thing is that there's a lot of um, stigma and fear that the EV revolution and like, you know, introducing more electric vehicles is going to 
take people's jobs away. Right. And it might in some aspects, you know, like yeah. unless they're not trained on it. But um, I think it's going to introduce a lot of opportunities for people. Right. And this, and that's exactly what this bill is trying to address too, because they might not, they're probably trained on ice engines, but they're just not trained on EVs yet. So, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that you can't learn that stuff. So if you've got a car background and if you've got a little bit of interest in it, I can't imagine it's too, uh, too difficult to kind of make that transition. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Nice. Well, I'm glad the, the event was a success. After I saw that, like it was put out there and I kept thinking, I'm like, can I make it down there? Can I make it down there? But just couldn't. Couldn't take the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended yeah. up taking the day off work, and I was there most of the day. So it was uh, it was a long day for sure. Um, but got to see a lot of cool vehicles, a lot of Teslas there, obviously, as with any event. A um, couple Mach-E's there. The Rivian was there, like I said. So met the met the owner of that. He's uh, he actually used to work at Rivian. Doesn't anymore, but he's uh, but he just took deliver delivery of his like last month, I think. So it's like oh, that's essentially awesome. brand new. Um, took a ride with him. He was showing me a bunch of the software features, like just Rivian's done an excellent job with that vehicle. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, they just added like some good features like preconditioning for super or not supercharging, but fast charging. They just built oh, that into sweet. their maps. So oh, good. they did that and just have added a lot of smart stuff that modern EVs should have. So <laughs> hey, that's great. They've, they've done a good job with that. Yeah, and and I mean not to like change subjects, but you brought up like the upgrading to like have preconditioning available for mm-hmm. like Rivians. I, I'm assuming when it was first delivered, it didn't have that, which is no, that was how, a software update. Yep. I I was gonna yeah I was gonna say like how necessary over the air software updates can be for vehicles. Yes. Especially with that feature. I mean right. to have a warm battery, especially in colder temperatures. Yeah. Yeah, EVs Definitely. should have that, but it just shows that like software can change anything pretty much yes. <laughs> that's yeah great. they also added home link remotely so i guess oh. it, it already had the hardware for it and they just pushed a software update to enable it so that oh was another sweet. thing they enabled <laughs> nice so. <laughs> well now if they can only enable one pulling into my driveway that would <laughs> right right yeah one day <laughs> right so oh that's that's awesome well I'm, I'm happy to hear that it was a success and people received it well definitely definitely the other cool vehicle, before we move on to the next topic, the other cool one was the, uh, I think, Horizon is the name of it, um, name of the company. I don't think I've ever heard of that. And they're based in Tip City. I'm just double-checking the name of this right here. Um, but they make this thing called the Flex Quad. Have you seen this thing before? Is that what was in your Instagram video of like yeah. somebody racing? Okay, yep. I I didn't really look at like what they were riding, but... yeah. It is the strangest like EV I have ridden or driven, I guess. So <laughs> it's uh, I'll post I'll put some videos up here because I took some at the event of some people riding around in it. But it's a four wheeled vehicle, and all of the controls are with your feet. So oh. you don't use there's no hand controls at all. Um, so you kind of sit. It's almost like a is it like a recliner bike or like what are those bikes called that oh. like sit like low to the ground. I, yeah, I'm just going to say recliner bike. Yeah, I, I can't remember yeah. the name of it. People are yelling, <laughs> yelling into their phones right, right. now. But, I was uh, going to say, let us know on Twitter, the comment sections. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously um, our, our heavy-duty so fleet. So the, so, yeah, exactly. So the controls are you put your feet on these two little pedals, and when you tilt both of your feet forward, it goes forward. When you push your heels in, it breaks. 
Oh, and then to steer, you like swivel your hips almost to like kind of go like that and like turn left and then like turn right. So, is it, there, uh, where do you put your hands? You just kind of sit there and <laughs> they they have like little handlebars you can kind of hang on to, but like you don't really have to do anything with your hands. So, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, so it's almost like an exoskeleton in a way. Like it's like enhancing your body movements. Is kinda. That... Yeah, kinda. Because all the steering is like just with your hips and then like you push your toes to to move forward. So it's it's really interesting. Like unlike any vehicle I've I've ridden, the controls are completely different. So it's it's cool to see companies trying these new things. So Yeah. Yeah. And and I think we should definitely do an episode on what could be considered an EV because it's not just commercial vehicles. Obviously there's so many different aspects to being an electric vehicle, you know? Yeah. That'd be cool. We should get the owner on the podcast. I was going to say, I got, I got their information. I've got their website. So I'll probably contact them and see if, uh, see if we could do an episode. Cause that'd be really cool to chat about. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess that's the best thing about those events is that you never know what will show up. Like, right. Yeah, I, I know we talked about like getting um, involved with like different like local groups and like organizations, but like mm-hmm. if you really want to experience what's out there, just yeah. go to those events because you never know. It's not just Tesla's. Right. Like you, right. you get stuff like that, and it's gotten even better in recent like in the past year or two with all the new vehicles coming out. So yeah, like, everyone yeah. I go to, there's a vehicle there I haven't seen before, which is like so cool. That's so, awesome. That's I definitely echo those sentiments that. If you're interested in an EV, like you don't necessarily need to own one to go to these events because we see a lot of EV owners at these events. Like we love seeing new people that want to learn about it. So yeah. definitely check them out. Nice. And um, could we include some information on the event that you went to yesterday in the bill? Like the yes, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll link. Uh, I'll link like Clean Fuels Ohio's website on it because they have a good little write up on it and links to the bill and all that stuff. How you can support it how you can email people to voice your support, all that fun stuff. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. (laughs) Nice. Well, do you want to transition to our more opinionated category of today's episode? Or do you want to talk about EV reliability first? Um, Let's move on to the, the West Virginia factory. Okay. I think that's a good segue from the, the bill that's improving Ohio factories. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, just, just to um, preface this before we dive into this, this is going to be a little bit more of an opinionated uh, piece. I actually feel like, you know, we tend to talk about our opinions on this episode, but this is going to be specifically <laughs> about terminology here. Right. Um, but uh, so recently um, there was an announcement that there's a company called Sparks with a Z um, and they're building what they are calling a gigafactory in West Virginia to um, commercialize use of manufacturing zero cobalt batteries which is exciting uh Mm -hmm. it's really exciting to see that battery technology is advancing like that to the point where we should hopefully start seeing cobalt free uh battery packs right um what's really cool about this is that it is in a state that is kind of pushing back towards evs more coal focused uh west virginia um they don't have any fast chargers except for tesla charging stations in west Mm -hmm. virginia all the other charging stations are all uh, level twos. So it's really interesting that Sparks chose West Virginia to build this battery plant. Um, one other piece of um, information I want to give about Sparks is that they are planning on opening up a solid state battery plant in California as well. Um, so they are a big player in battery manufacturing. 
Um, so, which is good. I think that they're going to bring a lot of good job opportunities to West Virginia, especially as a state that has been so coal reliant for generations, um, to really see them kind of step into the future of energy. Mm, definitely. But this is where the opinion piece comes into this. <laughs> so I just want to say congrats to West Virginia. Congrats to Sparks. You know, it's definitely exciting, but the term gigafactory, <laughs> and I'm not sure how many people will agree with me on this. I don't necessarily understand why all these battery factories are now suddenly getting the term gigafactory. Do you know why, like, does gigafactory mean something with batteries? I can't think of a reason why. Um, I mean, obviously, they're they're stealing it from Tesla that, like, calls all their factories a gigafactory. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't believe it means anything in the... Uh, in the battery world i think it just like giga as in big like <laughs> mm, <laughs> like yeah. it's a big factory yeah. um because you wouldn't want to call it like a a kilofactory <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> probably not I, I you know something that just popped in my head i wonder if it's because of like gigawatts like just the amount of energy they're going to like oh maybe yeah that could that could play into know, it like just sure. the sheer amount of battery capacity that they're going to create in their battery right. packs yep yeah, because isn't Tesla saying they're going to make like a Terra factory or something? <laughs> that's news to me. I've never, okay. never heard that. But I mean, maybe that's it. I was just going to say, <laughs> that's just my opinion. I, it's kind of confusing why so many factories, at least fa- battery factories, are now being considered giga, giga factories. Yeah. Um, like, I don't even really think that the Altium battery factory here in Ohio is considered they don't call it a gigafactory so like i don't know if it's just like a term that just you know i think it's just a marketing yeah <laughs> i think it's just a marketing thing more than anything um, yeah yeah i think it's just kind of saying gigas and big like we're gonna push out a bunch of production from this factory so it's a gigafactory so yes I mean, yeah yeah that's well, my maybe, thoughts <laughs> maybe i'm focusing too much on just the terminology versus the good that this is going to bring to west virginia right um right I do, I do want to just give a piece of uh, information as well. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin was actually at the, um, the press event and the announcement for this battery factory, which is huge because um, he is really known to have intricate ties to the coal industry. Um, so it is kind of, not to get political, but it is kind of cool to see somebody in his position at least attending events where he is learning about batteries and like the future of electric vehicles. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. So we'll uh, include the link to um, to electrive.com down in the show notes. That way you guys can check out that article. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. And if you know why it's called Gigafactory, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're just taking it from like the like if you like are familiar with like standard units, like that goes like kilo, mega, giga, tera, peta, and then I just looked it up, but exa is after that. So like. Oh jeez. 10 to the 18th is exa so like eventually we'll have exa factories <laughs> could you imagine that it'd just be like a statewide like yeah. size factory yeah, yeah. So. ohio just disappears it's just one factory <laughs> ohio is a factory <laughs> yeah. well i was i was gonna say i don't think i've heard um what was the last one you said x exa exa so mega giga terra so like terabyte peta mm-hmm. is above that so that's 10 to the 15th power Okay. And then Exa is 10 to the 18th power. Got it. So. 
Yeah. Do you think we'll ever see hard drives with that size? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think it's inevitable. <laughs> well, like, you, you, do you think like personal usage? Or oh, like for more? sure. Yeah, for that sure. That would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as video editors and content producers. Yeah. <laughs> we well, if you that. think about it, like uh, some of the people shooting like 8K videos have like yeah. a single video takes like 10 terabytes. <laughs> That's, so true. It's like, <laughs> That's true. It's like it's like you're gonna need something bigger. Yeah, so. I'm I'm 30. May I remind you, I'm getting up there. With that. <laughs> so another thing we wanted to touch on was just EV reliability and kind of maintenance for EVs because we um, or I, not we, um, <laughs> had to had to bring my car to the shop recently uh, for some brake service, and probably not for the reason you're thinking because my brakes were fine. Um, they've actually haven't been used enough. So the brake calipers and the brake pads needed cleaned off and lubricated. Oh, so, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. Cause I think you were asking about my tweet earlier. Um, but yeah, I, I brought it in for that and they essentially like, I think they kind of scraped down like the edge of the like brake disc and, uh, and not like score it, I guess, but like clean it off, <laughs> like kind of take that top layer off. So it's like looking fresh and new. So they did that and then they just kind of cleaned off the brake pads to make sure nothing was, uh, nothing was scoring it or, or causing any issues. So, so is that something, well, one, is that covered under warranty? Like, Mm-mm. can you, oh, you have to pay no. for that? Yeah. That's considered like wear and tear. It was a little over a oh. hundred bucks to get done. So nothing like crazy. Oh, okay. That's still. not too bad. And they actually recommend it every year um, in cold weather climates. So since I, and I've driven over two years now in rain and ice and snow and salts. So so my <laughs> my brakes had just been completely gunked up and you could actually see like some scoring along the, the brake discs where like particles had got in there. So when I did press on my brakes, it was like scraping my brake discs. So that's part of the reason I brought it in for them to inspect that and check it out. So they just, they cleaned them off and got them looking brand new. So gotcha. Yeah. That was going to be my second question because like, I know when like, if you don't drive your car for a few days, especially in like humid, you know, environments, rust or, you know, that like grittiness tend to show up on your discs and you can drive and slam on your brakes and it will clean that up. Or like, as you brake, can you, could you not do that in that instant or... No, I think they had they had stuff like kicked on there too much that I couldn't couldn't clean them off. Oh, wow, wow, yeah. So you just need to start driving more. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, yeah. Well, I tr- I did try doing that, like slamming on my brakes a few times, but then they still were were dirty, and it's hard with regen too, because like it, you can't really like slam on your brakes, because um, it the regen kicks in so hard, it's like <laughs> you're gonna like. <laughs> cause somebody to rear-end you so yeah right yeah (laughs) yeah that's i mean that's interesting it does bring up the topic of like you know ev reliability in the sense of like as like not not just like a battery dying or like a a motor failing like the the smaller stuff just general car stuff yeah 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 well it's funny because like of all the cars that i've owned i've never actually heard the recommendation that if you don't drive it frequently or like you know you bring it in once a year to get your your brakes cleaned or you know lubricated like i've never heard of that before i hadn't either i mean that's that's what tesla recommends i mean i got away with it for two years just fine so i'd say probably unless you're noticing your brakes are like looking (laughs) weird or acting weird um then probably don't need to worry about it um but i mean 
other than that, I don't think it's a it's a huge thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. And now I'm like curious about like some of the other like smaller recommendations that they have for yeah. like the Model Threes and other Tesla products. Right. If you go to their their like maintenance page, they have a whole write up on like what they recommend for stuff. Because like I did not take care of my car properly the first like. <laughs> two years i had it it's not till recently i've started like kind of doing the the recommended maintenance because i do want to keep the car for a long time so i'm trying to make it last not just the battery and and everything else but also the tires the brakes like all that kind of auxiliary stuff um so yeah the they are still cars i guess is kind of my point yeah. <laughs> like yeah i think i think we in the the ev business like to tout that they're like maintenance free and like you don't need to worry about a thing but i mean they're still cars they still have things that go wrong um and it certainly is less maintenance like i'm glad i don't have to worry about oil changes i'm glad i don't have to worry about like any kind of fluid changes i'm glad i don't have to worry about a transmission yep. like, a lot of this stuff i'm I'm glad I don't have to worry about it anymore, but, <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, like I still needed, needed new tires, uh, a couple months ago. I still needed to do this brake service. I changed my cabin air filter pretty recently. Like there's still stuff that needs done. And I don't think that makes it an unreliable car. I think that just makes it like something you have to keep up on and maintenance, just like anything else. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking of it, I don't think I've kept a car long enough to be like, oh, <laughs> I needed to recommend it. <laughs> because, I I mean, the Bolt was the longest car that we've kept, like, in terms of, like, you know, time time frames and stuff like Seriously? that. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, maybe the Model 3 will get to that point <laughs> where I'll have to get my brakes looked at. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I feel like the whole you know, like there's zero maintenance is kind of, it's not the truth. Like you said, like there's so many like small things that are, you know, they're on every single vehicle, regardless of how the, you know, how it's fueled or powered. Right. Like that can go wrong. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just good to get familiar with your vehicle and definitely check out the maintenance sites because I'll be transparent. I've never done that before. So, um, (laughs) I will be looking at that after this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. so what kind of prompted this is we we found this article stating that ICE cars are more reliable than electric cars. So I'm kind of curious to hear your your experience because you've owned a decent amount of EVs now. Have you noticed them being more or less reliable than gas cars you've owned in the past or specific issues you've run into that are maybe EV specific? Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, like all the EVs we've had, we've never had issues, like major issues. Right. So like we've never had any issues with like the drive unit, uh, you know, motors, batteries, anything like that. Where it's like undrivable, you can't like <laughs> Correct. move it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the closest thing that came to that was the battery recall with the bolt. Yeah. But like even then we had no issues, you know, like we never had any error messages like show up or anything. Mm. Um the the only issues that we ran into on the majority of our car cars were the fit and finish. So mm-hmm. like uh, the driver's seat was a major problem for us in the Bolt. Um, we had issues with the the tail light on the ID four, uh, the the brackets melting and actually like coming loose from like the the tailgate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we had some software issues. But in all the vehicles that we've owned, um, I would say no. Like, and, and, you know, the oldest car I've ever owned was a 2012 Volt, um, and it had almost 50,000 miles on it by the time I got rid of it. 
And even then, like, I had no issues. So I'm not exactly sure, like, where they're finding these studies and if they're <laughs> just, like, a small amount of people yeah. <laughs> that just had to happen to have some issues. But um, right. from our personal experience, we've had zero issues with our yeah. vehicles. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, just kind of skimming through the article and reading some results of the surveys, I think I think a lot of the issues stem from software issues. Um, yep. that, uh, that seems to be the, uh, seems to be the pre- predominant, uh, issue with EVs just in general, cause they are more computer centric cars, um, than, than ICE vehicles. So I think that's, that's part of the issue. And especially with just so many new com n- not new companies, but new vehicles coming out, they're ironing a lot of this stuff out. So there is mm-hmm. kind of this, uh this learning period for them to figure out, all right, like our software needs to be a lot better or these certain things need fixed. And it's great to rely on software because you brought up earlier the software updates and adding new features and all that stuff is great. But if you don't have robust software, then it could also be kind of backfire on you. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, with our, with our 2021 model three, the issue we're running into now is phone as key. Like for, mm, you didn't for what if, yeah, it disconnects all the time. Like the car doesn't want to like recognize that we're standing there. Like it, it it's software based, you know, like it, it's an issue somewhere with the disconnect between our phone and the vehicle. So, but, but that's the thing when you have so many different ecosystems and lines of code, there's bound to be a disconnect somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, it's just, it's interesting. And like you said, like these vehicles are newer, you know, a lot of the companies are new, you right. know, like, well, at least like Tesla, Lucid, Rivian, a lot of these like startup manufacturers, they're new. And even the legacy manufacturers who are master with like building vehicles doesn't make them masters at coding, like at, right. at writing software. Right. So it's, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how things pan out. Yeah, so so the software is a big piece, and then the other thing they quoted is repair times, um, hmm. which again I think kind of goes back to our previous discussion on training and just having uh, people ready to fix these vehicles, and also just parts too, which I think are an issue across the entire world right now is getting parts for anything. So, um, but with EVs specifically, I mean a lot of these companies are worrying about ramping up production of their normal cars they're not worried about ramping up surplus parts for repairs (laughs) so i think again it's just kind of a the nature of a lot of these new companies is is figuring that out and then the training as well so like um because you had an issue with it was it with your id4 where somebody had to like fly in from out of state or something to come diagnose the car well so it wasn't just out of state it was in germany too so like that's right yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, like you brought up with the bill that, um, you know, Ohio is trying to pass with like getting people trained up on electric vehicles. We we had an issue with the ID4 where it was the second week of ownership and the car actually bricked itself because there was a re- there was like some some issue with like the code um, processing things correctly. So like the mm. car just literally was like, you can't drive me. <laughs> so we, we had to have it towed in and they had to flash the entire vehicle. So they removed all the software from it and worked with engineering teams over in Germany to get a better understanding because it was the first ID four that they've ever seen with this issue. Wow. Um, at least that's what they claimed. Yeah. Um, so they had to bring in directors from out of state and then work with it and software developers in Germany wow. to get it fixed. Yeah. 
And Dang. even then, we still had issues with it. About two months later, it actually bricked temporarily, and then it it started again. Like it just it, like nothing happened. And yeah. um, a lot of people are actually starting to run into that problem with their ID fours, where at really? least the older ones, like yeah, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, just be mindful of that. If you ever see like <laughs> if you're an ID four owner and you're listening to this, and you if you see any notifications with like the emergency like stopping technology and like the driver assistance. Just know that the car might brick itself at some point temporarily when you see warnings like that. Fun. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, so <laughs> keep an eye out. <laughs> so do you think between the the software, because the main two they kind of point out in this article, between software and r- longer repair times, and mind you, they, they said uh, a typical EV took five days re- to repair compared to three days in a gasoline car. So I'm like, okay, that's not like significantly worse. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> not at but all. But I'm curious, do you think like between the software and repair times, do you think that makes EVs less reliable than ICE cars? No, because like I, I just, well, I mean, like you said, like a two day difference, honestly, isn't really that big of a deal. Now, the the only thing is, and this impacts both gas drivers and EV drivers, if you don't have a loaner, that could be incredibly mm-hmm. inconvenient. Fair. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, you're going to deal with part shortages regardless. Like, yeah. there's so many cars that are, like, in <laughs> car true. accidents, and they're waiting months for parts to come in regardless. Yeah. So, I just, I feel like EVs, and now this is just my opinion, I feel like EVs are kind of targeted in the mm-hmm. fact that they are a newer vehicle. And since we're still learning about how they operate and like the the public and, you know, like the articles like this one, it, it's it's so easy to be like, they're less reliable. But if you really look at it from like a, a grander scape, like, or scope, like it's incredibly similar to what you're dealing with with other cars too. Right. I'd be yeah. curious to see this same study done with like only cars made in the past five years. Mm, and see yeah. like did they also have similar issues because i'd i'd assume any like basically any new product that comes out is gonna have hiccups like mm-hmm. i don't know of a product in history that's come out completely brand new never produced before that's had zero issues <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> that is the nature of like producing things like things initial runs of products are gonna have issues that's why like I've always been told, like, never buy the first model year of any car, like, never buy, like, the first of anything, because it's generally yeah. going to have some kinks that they're going to work out throughout production. And that's, like, like you said with the ID4, like, the initial run are having that software issue, but they've probably yep. figured it out on the future cars. So, yeah, yeah, you've got to yeah. just kind of be careful with that stuff. and. I get caught up in it too because I'm such a like a tech guy and I love being at the forefront of all this new technology and owning like the new stuff, but it really can backfire on you if you're if you're uh, not kind of prepared for these kind of issues. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like if you really think of it, like the the Bolt is a vehicle that is finally coming up on like year five and six of like its you know manufacturing life lifespan pretty much right. You know, right now and then the oldest ev is the leaf in terms of like manufacturing and like that data so like i mean essentially all these new vehicles that are coming out have been out for less than two years so yeah. like of course we don't have data on that and <laughs> yeah. you have tesla that's a startup company that is you know incredibly established now but like mm-hmm. from like 2012 on well 2008 essentially you know with the roadster they didn't have massive contracts with companies to build 
parts and I, I could go on and on about this, but right. like, <laughs> y- yeah, no, but I agree with you. I'm in the same boat. Like I love new stuff. And of course you kind of become <laughs> that like beta tester essentially. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And that's exactly like where we faltered with buying that ID four because it was such an early build. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why we got like, oh my God, the software is like breaking the car. We should have like, <laughs> should have known. Should have known. Yeah. So, <laughs> But yeah, I'm the same way about like phones or new like tech products that come out. I want to have like the newest thing because I think it's mm-hmm. cool. But I always try to like kind of take a step back and I'm like, do I want something that's cool or do I want something that works? Yeah. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> um, I ran into I've run into that with a ton of phones. Like I bought or I didn't buy, but I actually won like the original Google Pixel in a contest. Oh, cool. Um, and I got that phone and like immediately had issues like three months into owning it. And like it was an early production run issue because it was like a giveaway phone. They wanted to get it out to people as quick as they could. And yeah, that phone ended up having issues where the mic just completely stopped working. Like I couldn't oh, make no. phone calls. So, <laughs> so completely stopped working, had to get a replacement. And um, I've had that with other phones too. It's just kind of the early runs have mm-hmm. random software quirks that they need to work out or just the manufacturing hasn't spun up spun up enough so yeah yeah that's yeah i think that's an issue across everything (laughs) it's not just not just ev specific yeah and it's going to be interesting because like you know like i i just started diving into like the ev misconception series tyler Mm -hmm. and i are working on yeah and um i started diving into more of recurrence um battery data reports and just you know transparency uh recurrent is sponsoring everyday ev for our misconception series And um, their data reports are incredibly useful, but like the one trend that like we're noticing and it's not recurrent, it's the fact that their vehicles are so new that Mm. there's not enough data points like to to really be like, well, in six years, this is where the battery is going to be. But you have that for like old Model S's and like, you know, like uh, the Chevy Bolt. But um, it's just it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out as more data comes together and gets gathered. Definitely. Yeah, for or sure. collected, gathered, <laughs> data <laughs> gathering. <laughs> Going to change my title to that. <laughs> Definitely. But, well, anything else? Do you want to wrap up here? We can talk about I our think, our merch I, uh, discount. Yes, I was just about to say. I think we should definitely talk about our merch discount. Okay. So you made it this far in this episode. <laughs> if, thank if you the, for making it all the way through. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, if my little tangent about Gigafactories didn't turn you off, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a reward for you. Well, technically, a discount code. Um, so, Alex, I'll let you do the, the, the shout spiel. out. Okay. <laughs> the spiel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to um, the link in the in the show notes of this this episode, it's actually hosted on my personal um like youtube shop but i've got living electric stuff on there as well so i'll link the collection down below and um what was i gonna say my merch is on there too so if you want to pick up any of that 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 launches uh should be launched by the time this episode goes live but for living electric merch specifically and for listeners for the first 10 people that use this code we're offering 10 percent off your entire order so if you use code LEPOD10, so L-E-P-O-D-10, you can get 10% off your order, and that's limited to 10 people. So as soon as 10 people buy something with that code, that code's gone forever. So yeah. make sure you get your orders in before before people uh, use that code. 
Yes, definitely. And Ale- and I just want to give a shout out to Alex because I've already said it many times. You did a great job with like our new branding and the new merchandise. So definitely awesome. go go support the designs. It's awesome. Yeah, we've got some cool stuff on there. We've got some some t-shirts, we've got a mug, and then we've also got like kind of a monochrome embroidered hat too, which I'm curious yeah. to to see. So <laughs> So if you if you order anything as well, we've also got like kind of a small thank you for you. Um should I share what it is like the little yeah. messages so yeah. if uh if you do order anything you'll get like a personalized video message from brandon and i we just recorded our first one before this episode <laughs> so if you're uh if you order anything you'll get a little video message from both of us just thanking you that's kind of a cool thing we were able to do with this so yep and if you don't i and well correct me if i'm wrong here if you don't want to buy merchandise there is a way to donate to help uh, produce more content yeah through, uh, through that website as well definitely yeah so if you just scroll to the bottom there's like a little donation thing too if you don't if you don't feel like buying anything or you just want to help out the podcast we certainly appreciate it cool well that was a great spiel i was gonna say i feel like i wouldn't <laughs> need to practice that so <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, i feel like talking every week in like a performative voice for a podcast helps a lot to yes <laughs> to yeah. get better versions in that stuff <laughs> i was gonna say by now i feel like i should be better at this <laughs> it's all good well awesome well thank you everybody for tuning in to living electric and uh we'll see you guys in the next one yep see you later <laughs>